I am Cheryl Witten, and this is The Aromatherapist, where we discover the superpower of plants. Have you ever been curious about aromatherapy and did a simple internet search, landed on a result and thought, that can't be right? The sad truth is most of the information out there about aromatherapy is not correct. It's my mission to change that. Join me in my new course, The Science of Aromatherapy, and learn about the science and chemistry of essential oils, drug interactions, safety considerations, contraindications, and botanical profiles of the 10 most popular essential oils. Visit livelovelemon.com forward slash science course to enroll. My guest today is Dr. Cassandra Wilder, who is a naturopathic doctor and the leading expert in women's cyclical health and menstruation. Known for her passion and wisdom in women's wellness and reproductive health, she is a speaker and leader bridging the gap between science and spirituality. She is also the CEO of Goddess Ceremony, the host of the Goddess Ceremony podcast, and the author of a women's health book to be published in 2020. So I was very excited to talk to Dr. Cassandra today because one thing I've noticed in my personal journey through health, and that's something we kind of talk a little bit about in this episode, and I've touched on it a little bit in previous episodes, is that a key part of my experience with autoimmune disease was actually my hormonal imbalances and my chronic menstruation problems. I was going to the doctor for these problems and they were intricately connected to an autoimmune disease and no one was putting those pieces together. And as I began to understand and dive into hormones and their connections in our body and just understand the endocrine system and how it's connected to this autoimmune disease I have, I began to understand that there's so much women do not understand. There's so much we are not taught about our own bodies. And the conversation around women's reproductive health, women's cyclical health is very dysfunctional. And we are really taught that this is our curse for our entire adult life. And so we don't ever come to understand or recognize when something is not normal or healthy. And so we just think because we are taught that this is a curse, we think that we are supposed to be in pain. It's supposed to be this horrible experience. It's supposed to be awful for our entire life. And this is not the case. And so Dr. Cassandra dives into this today and we really talk about what a normal period should actually look like, how to recognize what is not normal for your cycle and how to resolve the those problems. And so without further ado, Dr. Cassandra Wilder. Hi, Cassandra. Welcome to the show. It's so lovely to have you. Thank you for having me. So before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where are you from or and maybe why or how did you become focused on women's health? Yeah, so that's a really good question. I grew up in middle of nowhere, Utah on a ranch and always was really intrigued by health and wellness and healing. So I was that kid that was reading all of my mom's diet books, taking every nutrition class I could get my hands on through my schooling. So I always knew that I wanted to go into medicine of some sort, but I had no idea what exactly that was going to look like. I did my undergrad in health and nutrition, but it was very food guide pyramid based. Mm -hmm. And so by the end of that, I was kind of disillusioned realizing that the the scope of medicine in that context didn't resonate with me. I believed that the body was capable of healing uh, and that diagnoses didn't have to be sentences for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really feel a lot of excitement in a lot of it until I went to naturopathic school and started to realize there were other people that thought like me that believed that if the body had enough tools, it could heal and that healing isn't linear. It's a, it's a more of a 
process, more of a journey. And that was really exciting to me. So when I graduated, I knew I wanted to work with women specifically. And then over the years, that's continued to hone down more and more into women's cyclical health. I found that most people coming to me naturally were presenting with severe period cramps or abnormal periods, cysts or fibroids. And so I think they say, you know, your, your calling in life often finds you. It's not something that you mm-hmm. seek out. And so over the years, I've specialized more and more into that to where I work entirely around women's cyclical health and teaching women how to connect to their cycle to find more empowerment in general. Wow, that's awesome. I can appreciate that as a woman who has sought out help. Mm. It's, and that's actually a really common thing when I speak to clinicians is that I that I hear is that just really disillusioned by what they studied and wanting to look for something else. So I love that as well as just offering a different type of help. So let's just dive right into it and talk about menstruation. I think that women have been conditioned in life to, especially modern life, I think, to believe that the period is just this horrible experience and it's a lot of pain and it's horrible moods and PMS symptoms and just really generally something that is the bane of women's existence (laughs) and just something that we're supposed to live with. Um, And it was certainly, especially for me, the pain and the yo-yo experience is common, but I have a conversation a lot with women about how it's actually not normal and it's not the way it's supposed to be. And I think it's a sign that something needs to be addressed. So what do you think? Do you agree with that? 100%. While we think of period pain as very common, it is not normal. So you shouldn't be laid up in bed for days. It shouldn't be something where you're bleeding for six, seven, eight days. But like you said, in our culture, we're not really taught what normal is. And that's why so few of us have any idea uh, if what we're experiencing is okay or not. And then unfortunately, I think we'll talk about this at some point here. If we do go to, say, the average medical doctor, really the only tool we're going to get is hormonal birth control. And so we can see there's this massive disconnect in really looking at why women are having such extreme period-related issues. Yeah. And so I I mean, like you said, it's part of the culture and part of our narrative, but do you think that it's also that we don't really understand or we're not really taught? as girls, even how hormones work and our the actual process of menstruation, even like some things like tracking. Yeah, a hundred percent. Whenever I work with a client, I like to hear what their first experience was like with their first menstrual cycle. And you would be shocked to hear the mm-hmm. stories. Some women had no idea it was coming, like literally no idea to where they thought they were dying and they were scared and they, mm-hmm. you know, like extreme. But a lot of people more so have these shameful experience where maybe they bleed through their pants in sixth grade or they go and tell their mom and their mom shakes their head and says, now you have the curse. Yeah. And these mm-hmm. are the little experiences then that go on to to embody how we feel about it for the rest of our lives. And so is it any wonder why most of us feel like our our period is more of a hindrance than a blessing? Yeah. I think that was my experience as a kid for sure. I mean, I really had no, I didn't know what was happening to me. And as a kid, when you don't have that conversation, it's just terrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So before we get into chronic imbalances and, and how to fix them, can you talk a little bit about what the ideal period is? So obviously everybody is different and there's not a one size fits all, but generally speaking, what does a balanced period look like? It's such a good question. So ideally, in terms of the actual bleeding time or the actual period, we want to see something that's three to seven days long and isn't extreme on either side. So we see a lot of heavy extremes in that it's very long, very heavy, painful, debilitating, or we see the other side where it's very irregular, very scant, the blood is very dark, um, you know, it's more on the the far yin side of this. So ideally, our cycle should be dark red, rich in color. It shouldn't be too painful. It should be something that you can still live a normal life with. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And it should be predictable. And I think that's one of the most important things that a lot of us are not taught that a healthy cycle is something that you can rely on within a couple days every single month. And it should feel good. It should feel like a like a natural cleansing process Mm -hmm. rather than something that really puts you in bed. Right. And so what about things like like pain or the breast pain and the swelling, those kinds of things? I mean, lots of women experience that. Is that part of the process or is that ideal or can we actually get rid of that? That's a good question. So as far as the cramping, that some cramping to some extent is going to be necessary. That's mm-hmm. your body doing the uterine contractions to help the blood uh, get out. But again, it shouldn't be extreme. It shouldn't be debilitating. And with the breast tenderness and some of the other symptoms women report, usually that is indicating something progesterone wise. So that could be a sign of an imbalance. But again, this is where it's so powerful for women to start to track their cycle or find what their normal is because it is different for every single woman. And so if she can start to find some consistency or a pattern in how she experiences her monthly cycle, that gives her the true wisdom to discern when something does feel out of balance. Right. Okay. Just for tracking, I'm just curious. I know how I do it, but do you, I mean, I'm old school. I literally just like tick it off on the calendar. Is that what you do or is that what you suggest or do you like, how do you do that? So I use an app. I'm really big on on these period tracking apps. Yeah, and okay. Yeah, I love how you can plug in all of your different symptoms. You can track, you know, your cervical mucus and your cervix position. I mean, you can obviously take it to like yeah. a very deep extent, but even just tracking it to the point where you can see how often your period is coming and get an idea of when you're ovulating is such an empowering practice. Yeah, and I think especially if you're looking for you know, fertility as well. I mean, that's why I started to do it because, mm. and we'll, we'll get into this in a minute, was really because I really wanted to avoid medication. And so that's what I was using it for. And have you ever heard of that book, Taking Charge of Your Fertility, that book? That's the one that so I, good. yeah, that's the one that I, and I think I was like, I, my, my cousin gave it to me when I was like 17. And thank goodness for her because literally I would, I mean, I had no, and no disrespect to my upbringing, but I, this is something that you didn't, talk about. And so I had no idea. That book saved my life a lot. Mm. (laughs) Okay. So going back to the the imbalances, and we talked about the pill already, but lots of women are given this hormonal birth control as a treatment for an imbalance. And some women actually find relief with it. For me, I had very serious side effects, but some women, it works really well. So why not just go this route or should we? Does And does the pill actually regulate the cycle or fix it? This is like the million dollar question, yeah, right? right? That's a huge question. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. The biggest misconception is that birth control fixes our periods. Mm-hmm. And it's so far from the truth. Rather, what birth control does is it deletes our period. So for example, when you have a, a quote period while you're using birth control, it's not actually a period. What it is instead is a medication-induced withdrawal bleed. That's mm-hmm. literally what the term is. And so we're forcing the body to have a bleed it's not a natural period. So if someone's been on birth control for 15 years, they haven't had a real period in 15 years. Uh, I wish I could show a chart for everyone right now. But if you looked at a chart of what your hormones are supposed to be doing throughout the month, you see, you know, your estrogen increase at the beginning of the cycle, and then it dips, and then your progesterone increases at the end of your cycle. When you look at how birth control programs your hormones to work, it's one steady line across the entire chart. Right. And so while birth control does provide some ease in terms of uh, acne or maybe severe debilitating periods, it's honestly more of a Band-Aid effect. And this is where I work with a lot of women post-birth control. There's a true syndrome called Mm post-birth control syndrome. And so they come to me because they've been on the pill for 10 or 15 years and they're scared to get off it. 
because they're wondering, is that cystic acne going to come back? Right. Are these, you know, cysts or these other symptoms going to resurface? The biggest thing with birth control, because like you said, some people it works really well for. Other people have horrible adverse reactions. They feel like they're going crazy. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing that I think we're missing here is the idea of informed consent. So often when we go to the doctor and we get on birth control, we're not told the full side of it. We're not told that there are side effects. We're not told that the increases risks in certain capacities, you know, in terms of breast cancer or ovarian cancer. So I believe if someone has all the information in front of them and they agree to that, that's informed consent. I'm 100% behind that. But I don't like this idea of these young women going into the doctor with no idea what's going on. Uh, You know, maybe they're underweight, maybe they're an athlete, maybe their nutrition is off, maybe they're stressed, and that's why their period is irregular, but they're handed the same thing that they would give anyone else. And then they stay on that indefinitely. So birth control is a big topic. But again, if someone knows what they're consenting to, and it works for them to each their own. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, like you said, for some women, it does work, but it's really about the education. I know for me, I mean, it wasn't until I was, I had my last baby and was having a lot of problems that the doctor said to me, oh, well, we can give you this to kind of trick you. And I, because of my own research and my own work in, in health that I already knew kind of what was happening with birth control, but that that's the first time someone actually said to me, oh yeah, by the way, this is not, you're not actually menstruating here. Like this is a, a situation where we're tricking your body essentially. And that's a big part of the conversation that's missing for sure. Mm-hmm. So then how do we, what do we do then? If, you know, if we have decided that that's not for us, then how can we go about fixing some of this? Like get some of that balance back. Yeah. So there's a few different things. One thing I teach my clients to do at length is cycle tracking because that's necessary. As you know, whether you're trying to avoid pregnancy, it's a great birth control method if done diligently. And it's also wonderful if someone's having a hard time getting pregnant. So from that, then we can start to get an idea of what kind of imbalances are beneath the surface. Are we ovulating? That's the big question, Mm -hmm. especially after birth control. What that does is it teaches our brain to stop communicating with our ovaries. And so after we get off of birth control, it's very common to, to no longer ovulate because the brain has been programmed to stop that communication. Right. And then we wonder why we're not getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. We wonder why our cycle is like 60 days apart, you know? So from the cycle tracking, we can start to see where the imbalance is happening. We can start to see the patterns and that's really essential. And then from there, we start to build. So for most women, it's a hormonal thing or it comes back to the gut. And so we're looking at what specifically is imbalanced and how do we regulate that? For a lot of women, we see high estrogen and low progesterone. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think so many people resonate with those symptoms, the Mm -hmm. stubborn low belly weight, the cysts or the fibroids, the really heavy, long, intense, painful periods, um, no sex drive, Mm -hmm. really a a lot of vaginal dryness. This is the norm for a huge amount of women in the world. And that doesn't even that doesn't even touch on the emotional layer of that, right? I'm just feeling like dry and not. (laughs) The opposite, right? Of like sexy or zesty. Yeah. So um, what I usually start with with my clients is that hormonal components, because if the hormones are off, it doesn't matter. A a lot of those other external things aren't going to feel good because that internal imbalance is going to manifest through so many different systems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And this is my experience for sure is that I, um, I had the low progesterone and I, I mean, no one was really looking at that. We were looking at a lot of like the luteinizing hormone and the follicle stimulating hormone and Mm -hmm. checking that, checking that, checking that over and over again, instead of going, 
okay, but you, you, uh, yeah, we know I'm ovulating. Like, you know, we figured that out, like, you know, but why am I having all these other symptoms? And there's no other, there, it wasn't until, honestly, it wasn't until going to a naturopathic doctor that someone said, hey, let's actually test the estrogen, progesterone, and the mm. testosterone and see where you're at. I think that's a huge piece that's missing too, is this like understanding that going back to the narrative thing, it's, it's, you know, that's not just how it's supposed to be. Like sometimes your 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 hormones are off. That's what it is. Your hormone the hormones are off. Exactly. So that imbalance for me caused a lot of dread in my life. Like it was, you know, it's hell. You're going through hell on your period, especially when it's chronic and especially if you have heavy bleeding. And so I actually started to hate it and resent it and resisted it. So how do you think maybe or maybe do you think that literally starting to go with the flow helps, like figuring out that stuff, but then accepting where you're at. But how do you think that helps? Yeah, I love, I love that. I love the idea of going with the flow. <laughs> so perfect. <laughs> yeah, I think the mindset we take into any healing experience, and I know you know this very well, Cheryl, is so powerful. So if you are going into your monthly cycle every month saying this is the worst thing and I hate it and I wish that I could just never have another period, what kind of environment does that create for the healing process? Mm -hmm. Whereas if we go into it with a true openness to understand what is my body's norm and how can I support it, that's so much more empowering. That really allows this potential for true healing to happen. Um, so in terms of of this slow healing process through the cycle tracking, through the supplements, through the hormone balancing, all of this does start to create this momentum in healing. And really, I think when people put a lot of aware awareness into this, they start to see those results mm -hmm. pretty quickly, especially if, as you shared, it's more on the extreme side of all of this. Yeah, right. It does help. And I know that there was some very critical things that I, I use. So like, what do you suggest? I mean, it obviously it's going to depend on testing and where you're at, but what are some, some things that are like foods or things that we can use to sort of balance, mm -hmm. balance out that are any woman can start to use that really is not going to cause any problems anywhere yeah. else? Mm, such a good question. One thing nutritionally is to increase fat intake. And I think the 1990s scarred all of us mm, because, yes. you know, we were taught <laughs> fat is bad. And what did yeah. we do? We switched to margarine and we, you know, all these like terrible trans fat things. Um, and so teaching women to start to eat good, healthy fats, and that's like coconut oil and olive oil and avocados and butter. I know I said mm -hmm. butter. <laughs> These are things that provide your body with the foundations it needs to regulate your hormones. And so I think it's the best diet in the world, but it's an invitation to add a little mm -hmm. extra fat to every meal you do. Blood sugar is so vital to hormone regulation. And so a good way to think about every single meal is PFF, so protein, fats, and fibers. So with every meal, thinking of some good high quality protein, a high quality fat, and something fibrous. So not necessarily just a carb, but mm -hmm. something that you know, it's not white bread, it might be a root vegetable, it might be a high quality rice or something like that. If we can keep our blood sugar balanced, night and day difference hormone wise, it's no um, mistake that we see a lot of very extreme period side effects alongside insulin resistance or mm -hmm. prediabetes, it all goes hand in hand. So nutritionally, that's where I would start. Um, in terms of other tools, teas, herbal teas are exceptional for rebuilding the body and starting to support hormone health. So my favorite is red raspberry leaf tea. Mm -hmm. It's the absolute female tonic recommended mm -hmm. by midwives for hundreds of years. Um, and just that is enough 
for women to see a difference in their cycle because it's full of iron. It's toning the uterus. It'll soothe those menstrual cramps. Um, absolute medicine. So that's incredible. There's so many, there's so many directions so many I could things, go, but, I but just that, you know, if you it's implemented those starting. three things, you would see a, a huge difference. Okay. And it's interesting that you're talking about the blood sugar because I know even we talk about estrogen and we talk about, you know, progesterone, but then those, there's different types of that hormone. And then that's right. the way that it's also metabolized and broken down in the body. So that can kind of get stuck in your gut too. Like the fiber helps work that out so that you can remove exactly. it as well. So it's not too much hanging exactly. around. Yeah. Yes. 100%. So when you work with women, like what is that first thing that you want them to start changing or doing? Is it the tracking? Is that the first thing? Or what do you find to be the most important step? It is the tracking typically okay. so that we can see the normal for them. And also to to give them that nudge to start to bring more awareness to their cycle. So if they right now feel like they have no idea, they just know their periods are bad. They have no idea if they're ovulating. They have no idea if you know they're having PMS at certain times of the month. That is the most crucial thing for me because that helps me see where that imbalance is happening and what phase of the cycle as a whole. Is that happening during the menstrual time or is that more of an ovulation issue or some of the other phases as well? And just through the tracking, I find too, they start to see a change in how they even view their cycle. It's like through that awareness creates that opportunity for healing. So out of sight, out of mind is nice in some ways and mm -hmm. some things, but when we're especially supporting the cycle, there needs to be that connection to it. There needs to be that daily um, permission to check in with it. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about this a little bit and so many of our problems really come back to not being taught some of that crucial information at a young age. So um, as a mother myself, I'm always curious to hear what other people have to say about this when I have a young girl. So how do you think we should change what we teach our daughters about their periods so that they become self-aware, you know, empowered period people? <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is where the change happens. So first and foremost, it's what we do as mothers that they learn from. So we right. can say all the things, but if every month we go into our period complaining about it or saying it's the worst or you know being really short with our partner or whatever, that's what they're learning about mm -hmm. our cycle. So instead, if we can lead by example and show them that when you're on your period, it's okay to rest. When you're on your period, it's okay to slow down a little bit or to be a little more introverted, to take care of yourself, to drink the teas, to eat the nourishing foods. That's what will go on to create this ripple effect of change where hopefully this next generation doesn't have to go through what you and I have gone through mm -hmm. where it's taboo and no one talks about it. It's gross. You know, it's all these things attached to it. So first and foremost, lead by example, show your daughters and the young men mm -hmm. that yes. having a cycle is not a bad thing. It's beautiful. It's natural. And like, there doesn't need to be this, this, this scary side to mm -hmm. it. But then also, so I'm writing my first book right now, and, and genuinely, I hope it's the kind of book that we could hand a 12 or 13-year-old girl and just say, here's the information, just so you know it's a beautiful thing, there's nothing to fear, let's celebrate it when you get your cycle, and here's more of that foundational information that you deserve to have. Mm -hmm. Lastly, the other thing that I've heard from a number of clients is when their daughters have started to cycle, the mom and dad will take them out for some sort of a celebration, mm. you know, like bring them flowers or take them to lunch or something. And again, kind of initiate or ingrain that into their mind that this was a, a special moment. This was a, a beautiful time of menarche. So again, we're letting go of that, that first cycle being shameful or bad or scary and instilling it as more of a, a special time. Mm -hmm. It's a, it is a beautiful thing and experience to have. I mean, it's something that 
not everyone can do. <laughs> you exactly, know, so, exactly. so teaching, teaching girls to, I've, I mean, I've already had that conversation in our house, you know, that mm. it's out there, you know, the commercials are sound the alarm. You know, I think I saw a commercial for medication for that. It was like literally like sounding the alarms about periods Gosh. coming. I know. And so I'm not having to have this pulling back conversation. Like, you know, first of all, it's not supposed to be like that. It can happen, but it's not supposed to be like that. That's the first thing. And also like you don't, it's not something to dread for the rest of your life. Yes. Okay. So we talked about a few tools that um, can be revolutionary. Do you have a final tool that you want women to hear about or know about? Yes. I'd love to give everyone the reminder that they are cyclical beings. Mm -hmm. So naturally they're going to ebb and flow and fluctuate throughout the month. Unfortunately, in our Western world, we're so ingrained to believe we have to be the same every day. We have to show up 100% every day and be social and extroverted and all these things. And our bodies don't work that way. So this is your permission to feel what you're feeling, to have the great days, to also have the days you feel a little bit off. And to also give yourself permission with your menstrual cycle to slow down and rest. That is one of the most powerful things you can do to start to change your experience around your period, to let yourself be still. Self-care is not selfish. (laughs) Let's uh, Mm -hmm. remove that from our vocabulary Mm -hmm. and instead really celebrate and honor the powerful experience it is to be a cyclical human. And literally, it's not just in, it's not just women that are cyclical. Like all beings are cyclical. We have circadian rhythms and freighting rhythms. Exactly. So it's like very important to, to honor that and go with the flow. <laughs> go with the flow. That's the theme. <laughs> Thank you so much, Cassandra, for being here and for your time. Um, I just, I have listened to you already and um, some of your work. And so I want others to be able to find you. So where can our listeners connect with you? Thank you so much, Cheryl. This has been so fun. Uh, They can find me at CassandraWilder.com to learn more about what I do. Um, I'm also on Instagram at Menstruation Queen. So I post all sorts of fun content there and information about healing our hormones. Um, And then lastly, I have the Goddess Ceremony podcast. So I talk about all the taboo things like we started to talk about here and uh, reframe them in an empowering way. Beautiful. Well, we'll link all that up in the show notes so you can go and find Cassandra around the web. So thank you so much for your time. It was wonderful to meet you. Thank you. All right, beautiful people. Thank you so much for listening today. If you feel so inclined, please subscribe, rate, and review this show. For show notes and more information on essential oils, please visit livelovelemon.com forward slash podcast. And we love to know what you're up to and how you're using your essential oils. So head over to Instagram and find us at the Aromatherapist Podcast. My name is Cheryl Witten, and I am your aromatherapist. We have to share with you this obligatory disclaimer. Information in this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a replacement for medical advice or for professional aromatherapy consultation. If you need medical care, please visit your physician. Speak to your primary care provider, pharmacist, and a qualified aromatherapist before commencing any programs.